0: <laughs> Welcome to Sisology. Sisology is the study of dope ass millennial women learning to navigate through the modern world by sharing experiences, minding their business, avoiding drama, and bossing up.
1: Hey, sis just know this is a judgment-free zone where we unapologetically break down all things women life love and hustle we're here with your sisters naima nia b lulu and Kay. so honey fill up your glass pull up a chair take some notes and get ready for a dope-ass session
2: hey ladies hey. welcome oh. back <laughs>
1: I almost spit this shit out on my computer, my nigga. Okay. I was trying trying to be on point because last time we were like, (laughs) take a
0: breath. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, blooper. Okay. Okay.
2: Cut out the first 30 seconds.
0: (laughs) You got to keep some of this shit for like a scrapbook, child.
2: (laughs) And scene. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Sysology. I am your host, Kay, and I am here with the other beautiful ladies of Sysology. Say hello, ladies. Hello. Hey, how are y'all? Welcome
0: back.
2: Last episode, we talked about popping that cherry, and that episode came with a discretionary warning, but y'all gotta go check it out. This episode, we're gonna have some fun again. It may or may not get deep, but... Before we go there, Nia, you told me something earlier about some crazy ass news article, and I thought that the shit was funny as hell. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I barely watch the news. I try not to indulge just because it's full of so much comical fuckery. Like, you <laughs> know, from Donald Trump to Kanye's shit, like, I just try to stay away. But today, my significant other was watching, so of course I tuned in. But what really caught my eye and tickled the hell out of me, um, according to CNN, <laughs> the Shut news out. article started... If you've received a mysterious package of seeds in the mail lately, don't <laughs> plant them.
1: <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> okay, you, okay,
0: <laughs> okay. Continue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, several states are issuing warnings to residents about mysterious packages of seeds—unsolicited packages coming from china and these are seeds like you know we don't know what will grow from these seeds but apparently (laughs) they're warning us not to plant these seeds for fear of what may grow (laughs) so you know it really just sparked my attention because i'm like what the fuck else can possibly happen. Like, what if these <laughs> seeds are those little shop of horror animals? You know, the, the, the damn right. plants.
1: It's hilarious. Oh my God. Girl, what's how messed
0: just, up is we still got five months left in the year. <laughs> so, what's. Yeah, please yeah. don't speak that. Please. Yeah. <laughs> this could be the zombie apocalypse if y'all fucking For plant those oh seeds. Oh my God. <laughs> you know. Don't plant them <laughs> <laughs> damn seeds. Don't plant them <laughs> it's seeds. It's too late.
2: It's too late. Just mm. any of y'all listening to this now, please stop. Do not, <laughs> Do not plant. Do not plant anything else that has been delivered to you mysteriously. Yes. And y'all, speaking of seeds. How's your seed, Kaylin? Oh my seed my seed is kicking my butt right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am having all that round ligament pain and I'm rolling over. I feel like a roly poly trying to get off the bed. Oh, so no. and I'm only halfway through. How far along are you? Twenty weeks and oh. a few days.
0: Yeah. yeah. This so, is like real.
2: Mhm.
0: Man. Again.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, this is seed number 3. You yeah. would think it gets easier. Yeah. But, no, you know. <laughs> that's a whole other episode about <laughs> the woes of pregnancy and birthing and all of that. Mm. But since we're on the subject of seeds, this might be a weird segue, but I'm going to do it anyway.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: I, I cannot with y'all today. <laughs> when did y'all lose your virginities? Ah, that's And wait, <laughs> and wait. I, I want to follow that up too, just because I feel like this is something that we can kind of go further in. When did you lose your virginity? And what kind of impact do you think that it had on... Mm your life and your relationships moving forward from when you lost it
1: that's a loaded question it loaded. is baked
0: potato towel, child take
2: child. it how you want it answer it in <laughs> the most comfortable way for you but let's be real and raw because that's okay. what the people want to hear
1: there you go. i'll go first i lost mine when i was 14 and you know when i lost it and i moved on to other partners i thought that all men were the exact same. Like let's talk about size. I thought everybody had the same size. I had no idea that oh, they did. Yeah. You were sadly mistaken. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was sadly mistaken. <laughs> yes. When I lost it it was painful and I lost it while I was on top. So what what is that what position is that?
2: Missionary. Cowgirl. Missionary. Cowgirl. I mean, yeah, cowgirl. Yuma. You're what
1: supposed to child. do it. You're supposed to lose your virginity missionary. Wow. So like Ah, yes, that
0: doesn't work either. If that's the case, it's, it's <laughs> supposed <laughs> Shit to. Shit hurts
1: just the same. <laughs> but that also gave me some confidence because I knew how to ride. Hmm, hmm. Ah, cowgirl. <laughs> More sense. There you go. Um, but as far as like impacting me in my relationships. um it impacted me emotionally because here I am so young and I gave myself to someone and I was so vulnerable and I thought, like, this is it. So, having these attachments to to boys, not even to men, to boys at such a young age, um, emotionally and not knowing how sexual ties, the deepness of sexual ties, how that impacts you as a person, it took a toll on me. And then as I got older, I explored a little.
0: Naima, I was 14. As well. Uh, I don't mind saying this because my husband already knows, but mine was more of a business transaction. If y'all wanna <laughs> know, then just explain. Oh, okay now. Oh well <laughs> Um, well he was a friend. He was a friend and being young I just I, you know, I felt like I was ready and things like that, but but this particular person, um, I was really good friends with him and with his sister and things like that, and he didn't give those vibes to these uh what you call them, them fuck boys. That was before it was a term, but yes. <laughs> but he didn't give me that energy. And I was just like, I feel safe. And I felt like I was ready. And when I am feel like I'm ready for something, there's not really much that you can do <laughs> to kind of like <laughs> interfere with that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that happened. It, it hurt. Uh, was not Hollywood at all. Wasn't romantic at all. I don't know. I just... I was like, yeah, I know you're not going to go back and talk shit. So, yeah, we can do this cuz I trust you. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and um, that, weird as it is, that's what happened, but yeah, and I I lost it missionary and it was it was whack cuz it hurts. It's like it's nothing that you expected to be. So, you know, mm-hmm. and going forward about- to answer the rest of that question, I I had my experiences as well. Um, but I started a lot of things young too, so Um, I think that impacted me to make bigger decisions, bigger than I should have made at a younger age, but my mental was different, so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change it, because that's all I knew. So that's my two (laughs) cents.
2: Nia. Yeah,
0: I was 13, um, and the guy that I lost it with just happened to be a really cute guy that played on a basketball team and he was you know giving me a little attention and I was like oh you talking to me oh me okay yeah I'm gonna get you some Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's just Mm -hmm. how that went um so we we spent time chatting on AOL instant messenger wow talking nasty (laughs) you got mail yep all of that and um You know, I think, like, for me, my self-esteem was an issue. Um, early on, I didn't, I didn't think I was worthy of that type of attention from a guy. And then here comes this guy who was cute. You know, he was kind of popular. He was on the basketball team. I was like, damn, are you really checking for me? Like me of all people. Um, and of course, when you're young and you're impressionable, you don't necessarily understand, you don't put two and two together. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize that this guy really wasn't for me. Or and not even for me in a sense of being the one for me, but just for me in a sense of being team Nia. You know what I mean? So it it it, it, it turned out bad. He he talked to everybody and told all of the business, but um, you know, I think that that led to a series of bad decisions. <laughs> Behind mm-hmm. that as well, so that's facts. You know, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It was a series of bad decisions, but I wouldn't take it back because it definitely made me who I am today. Absolutely. But, yeah. You know, if you that's, had to do uh, it sure. again, I don't know because he wouldn't work for damn. But you know, <laughs> 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 that's my story. Yes.
2: Yeah, I lost mine at fourteen too, and oh my god, I don't know why I did that. Uh, Yes, it was missionary, and yes, it hurt. And don't know why I tried to be all explorative and, you know, doing some strange things my first time. (laughs) But, oh, my God, I passed out.
0: Oh, what? Passed out. (laughs)
2: What? Passed out afterwards. It was like aftershock, I guess. And (laughs) passed out. He was in another room. Didn't even realize, I have and so many I came too after after a minute or so. I mean, and yeah, oh, it was a whole ordeal. I had <laughs> so no, I would not do that
1: again, <laughs> nor would it be with the same person. <laughs> it sounds like a scene out of like another teen movie. Like
2: <laughs> that's what it felt like. It, it was really like a strange out of body experience.
1: <laughs> but Girl, that sounds like you came. Out. Right, like yeah, but
2: not happened? in a good way. No, that's definitely not. She what happened.
1: said not in a good way.
2: Okay, <laughs> that is definitely not what happened. I don't no. even think that I knew what coming was at fourteen. Like I don't think that anybody at I that age, you know, you know they did, you know. Oh man, and when we did though, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> thinking about that really hindsight's twenty twenty because I totally would not have done that knowing the things that I know now but mm-hmm. that's kind of beside the point it happened you know it made me who I am but I think that the way that it impacted me is that it kind of made me feel really like sex was just so cavalier mm-hmm. and that it was kind of a self-esteem thing like Nia said too because it was like this guy that I thought was cute showing me this attention and really he ain't shit, wasn't shit, mm-hmm. I don't know if he is now, but still I doubt it. ain't shit, we still just don't ain't call shit. it, still <laughs> right. call a spade a
1: spade, honey. <laughs> but
2: I, I definitely wouldn't do it again because it made me have that attitude towards sex. And it was a while before I had sex again after that, but it made me feel kind of detached from it as if I could just have sex with whoever I wanted to and it didn't mean anything you know and at a pretty young age that wasn't cool (laughs) just looking back at it but you know that's kind of why I want to make sure that I have an open dialogue with my kids about these things because I don't want them to have to go through the same stuff and if they do I want to be able to help navigate them through it
1: thanks
2: speaking of those kids It does make it so hard to fit in time with your spouse to get freaky when you got kids Mm -hmm. knocking on the door all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and you got to just get creative with the times and the places and the ways that you do these things. But in the event that they happen to accidentally catch you, has that ever happened
1: to y'all? Yes. Oh my god! (laughs) And our ten-year-old told us like a couple weeks ago that she saw us a couple years back.
2: Oh my goodness! As I'm driving
1: and I'm like stuck trying not to like bluff. Damn! And she's talking. She caught you. And I was like, Ryan, do you hear what she's saying? (laughs) Do you hear her? And she was like, I never told anyone this, but you know, one day I heard some noise and I came downstairs and and, and Paco was in like, the okay, house. <laughs> we know exactly what you're talking about because <sighs> we always ask each other like, do you think she saw us that one time? She definitely saw us that one oh, time. Oh no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Po'> <laughs> baby been holding on to that for years? Yeah, she's like, I just saw
1: you on yeah she didn't want wow. to head. And she was standing right there and I tried to like do like some type of matrix move and, and hop off and like hit the floor. No, she saw all it. It
2: didn't work.
1: Yeah. I mm-hmm.
2: haven't been caught, but we've the sound, I guess. Uh, you know, the the that definitely was. <laughs> <would. laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because she, <laughs> my poor baby came to the door and she's like, "Mommy, are you okay?" Are you okay (laughs) in (laughs) there? Little did she know I was more than okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to use that. (laughs) When do we think, or not even when do we think, because I saw an article on the Department of Health's website that kind of discussed when we should be talking about sex with our children. They said that we should be talking to them early and often, that we have to be ready to answer their questions listen carefully even if we don't agree with their opinions, try using things that come up on TV or in music to start a conversation with them, and uh, to just be honest about how we're feeling because if, you know, we're feeling embarrassed or uncomfortable or if they are, that let them know it's okay to say so. So especially because, like, Lou, your daughter has caught you, my daughter has heard us and things, how do you plan on talking to her about it or have you already?
1: Mm-hmm i do it all the time like random moments um tv i think we there was a sex scene on tv and i just bring it up to her like you know once you hit puberty and you get your period you know it's fair game do you know what that means i'm just out with it so Mm -hmm. i'm just like well if you do think about it just make sure you talk to one of us you know one of your parents talk to your mom Mm. talk to your dad you can talk to me Wow. Um, but I mentioned it all the time. Even when we were at Red Lobster, I don't even know how it came up, but we brought it up again. Or, like, we went to Dick Sporting Goods, and she made a comment, like, you know, this is the biggest dick <laughs> that I've, I've seen. And we're oh like, pause. like, pause. Pause. <laughs> pause. She's like, you guys are so weird, but we bring it up to try to normalize it because it's going to happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. So if you try to scare them out of it. They're not going to come to you. They're not going to come with questions. They're going to try to figure it out themselves, like ourselves. So.
2: And how old is she?
1: She turned 10 just last month in June. Mm. But I've been bringing this up, like, for years now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll throw it yeah. out there and I'll bring it up to her dad. Like, you need to talk about the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. Especially because this world girl, is so fast especially. Yeah.
0: That's what I was going to say Like the world is so fast And these kids are exposed to mm-hmm. so much They have these phones and these tablets And YouTube And you know like just what used to be You know us just watching TV And you see like a little sex scene A little humping or something Like now on TV they're showing actual body oh, parts yeah. uh, You know and they might walk in the room And see that And you know how do you approach that So I think starting early is definitely the way to go. My kids are still like kind of weirded out a little bit, even when I bring it up, because it wasn't normalized in my house. And I'm the oldest girl of five. So the siblings after me are boys. And I feel like naturally with boys, it's different, especially if the mother is interacting with the child regarding sex or something, because... Mm I, I personally feel like, of course, my husband is going to know before I do when my son loses his virginity. He's going to know. And that's fine. That I, I get that. That's the relationship they have. That's fine. But I want to make it so it's not weird that I'm talking to mom about sex and shit. Mm-hmm. Because you need to know things from a male's perspective just as well as you need to know things from a female's perspective. And my son is about to be 14. And you already hitting Ooh. puberty. You already got thunder in your throat. And I have to remember (laughs) that you're not disrespecting me. You're just growing. So (laughs) because his voice is really deep. Like y'all have heard him on the background before and be like, is that, is that me? No, no, that's just the oldest boy. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that it's coming. um, And I just want to educate him and equip him because I know that my son can be a little naive sometimes because when you like girls with boys, sometimes you will all the time you clouded and mm-hmm. clouded and my son, what's the terminology that I used to hear? Oh, your nose wide open. It can be like that. Like he has his little crushes mm-hmm. on his little girls. I am just now coming to acceptance. Because I was not here for any of it, actually. But it's inevitable. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. inevitable. And I know that my son has had, and I I don't mean to be putting his business in the streets, but it is what it is. I know that he's had feelings of whatever the scientific word is for horny. Period. Like, I know that. Because <laughs> I, I had to you have got a the conversation. Napkin? No, nigga. <laughs> no. I have no <laughs> passed away. I will pass away no but that's what i i just and i want him to know that i don't want you to be weird about it because when they feel like it's weird they keep shit from you and Mm -hmm. i just can't afford that because Mm -hmm. girls are so much more advanced especially at his age than he is right now and you can carry children so i need you to know (laughs) the things you need to do and the things you should not do Because I I want to create that comfortable space, too. This is new for me, y'all. So pray for me. Pray for me,
2: please. (laughs) You got our prayers. (laughs) Absolutely. Pray for me. I thought the same thing about the whole weird thing. Because me and my mom now are best friends. But when you're young you know you don't want to talk to your parents about sex (laughs) like you know it's that taboo it's that like weird thing for you so I don't remember really having that conversation about the birds and the bees with my mom until I was 16 and it was like you're having sex you're getting on birth control (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and that was kind of it Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) you know there wasn't
2: And yeah. well, in the moment, it wasn't awesome for me because I was like, you can't tell me what to do. You know, That <laughs> I'm 16 and, you know, thinking, you know, everything. But at least for my kids, I know that I want to because I know that self-esteem was part of the problem for me is that I want to make sure that they have so much self-love in themselves that they don't have to, you know, seek that validation. And it's not to say that. You know, they're not getting that love at home. You have to teach them how to love themselves. So there's a whole component with that too. But I just don't want them to go and find their information from the internet and from Mm. their misguided other little friends and the (laughs) fast ones especially, you know, I don't want that. I wanna be their go-to point so that I know what they know and that we can have that open line of communication because I don't wanna have those kind of secrets because that stuff can be dangerous. Like you said, they can carry children and Mm -hmm. I would prefer that they not before they understand all of those things.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you said, like, you know, we we bounce back to the self-esteem issue because what I realized, um, you know, my daughter's only nine months, so I don't have these conversations with her, clearly. But um, my sister's children, my my niece, my oldest niece will be 13 at the end of August, and my youngest niece will be eight. So um, the 13-year-old, I tend to have those conversations with her, and probably because she trusts me more than her mom. And Kalisha, I know you're listening. Just tune out, okay? Turn it <laughs> off, Because my sister is a pit bull. She like, what she say, what she say. <laughs> but um, yeah, my, my niece, like one thing I know from the conversations that I have with my niece and from my experience as a young adult, a teenager, is self esteem is such a big deal for girls and boys during the 12, 13, 14 yes. years of age. Because your body has literally done something that Mm you like. What the fuck is Mm -hmm. this? (laughs) For boys, you know, it may be their voice is getting deep. They might have gotten tall or they probably still short or whatever. (laughs) Girls, they start growing boobs. They start, you know, having different things going on with them. They start their cycle. So that self-esteem thing is huge. And if you don't tap into that with your children, Early and realize what's going on with them and really be there for them in that in that way like really being there for them really getting into their world when they start to receive attention from other sources which they will because now they're starting to develop into you know women and men and they're Mm going to start getting attention from from girls and boys and sometimes girls get attention from men so if you Mm -hmm. don't tap into that early, that leads for trouble later because now the issues that they already have with their self-esteem, they now become shut in and shut you out and allow somebody else to come in. Mm -hmm. So just a little tidbit for that. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. We obviously don't have a time machine. To be able to go back and change anything even if we could I know across the board we said we wouldn't change anything because it got us to where we are now and the knowledge that we have and we're going to be able to use that to pass down to our kids and so forth but if we could go back there may be some things that you might want to tell yourself and I saw this article it's uh on the pen company and it was about writing a letter to yourself and I thought that that was so fitting because there's a lot of benefits that it says that you get from doing so, like healing your pain, gaining closure, gaining clarity, forgiving yourself and others, gaining inner peace. There's all kinds of things that come with doing that. And listeners, if y'all want to join in with us, please do so, because it might be therapeutic for you too. You might be going through something, you might be feeling some type of way about something in your childhood, whatever the case may be, write a letter to yourself. See if it helps. Now, ladies, I'm going to pose a question to you. If you could write a letter to your younger self, or what's something that you would want your younger self to know, knowing the things that you know now? mm And this can get deep, it can be surface, it can be whatever is flowing from you to your younger you, something you wish you knew, or something you want to forgive yourself for doing or not doing.
1: I'm just going to keep mine simple. I'm just, I would probably tell myself that you can gain power in other ways than sex. Mm. And I say that because I thought at one point I felt like I was gaining some power by having thinking that I had control of giving it to whoever I wanted to. Mm. Like I chose the my partner. Like partners. I chose you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I chose you. You're not going to have my heart, but I chose you, and this is all I'm going to do. And you may want more, but I'm not going to give it to you. Mm. But there is other ways of gaining power. And I guess it goes back to like that self-esteem. So um, tapping more into Lou. In other aspects besides that. And I think that so-called control was derived from being hurt. So dealing with the hurt and the trauma and the the sense of betrayal from men from losing it at a very early age. For me, I think it would
0: be, um, I had a strong sense of independency really young. And I couldn't help it. I think it's just because of the order of birth and things like that. But I had a strong sense of independence for a long time. So knowing what I know now, what I would tell myself then, in essence, it would be to take your time. It'd be to slow down. you know. And of course, in a perfect world, the circumstances around me would be different in order for that to make sense to tell myself at a younger age. If, if y'all understand that, you know, the circumstances around me had to be different in order for that to even make sense to tell my younger self. So, you know, perfect world it would be take your time, slow down, make a choice and stick with it. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. That's the sum of it all. Go with your gut, because we always we All of us have had an experience where we have fought ourselves or we have went against what our gut has told us for the sake of comfortability, Mm -hmm. for the sake of security, for the sake of quote-unquote peace or whatever. Go with your gut. As uncomfortable as it may feel, go with your gut. That would be my advice to myself. (laughs) Um, I think for me, much like Lou, um, my early sexual experiences were pretty traumatizing for a few years in my life. And um, I think I would tell my younger self, I would say it's okay. You know, you made bad decisions. And um, someone wise once told me, never make a decision that you can't recover from. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, we made it. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're here. We're 31 years old now. We made it. So all the bad decisions, Were recoverable you know so um with the self-esteem issues you know I wish I knew how worthy I was of having something worthwhile more so than just losing my virginity to the first man that gave me attention I wish somebody told me how beautiful I was inside and out Mm. um and how you know the first person that talks to you is not always that person for you mm. they're not always team near they might be team self which most people are um so i kind of just wish i had that knowledge i wish somebody was truly like you know boys will be boys mm. <laughs> and boys don't deserve pretty young girls mm. you know so um yeah Long story short, <laughs> that's probably what I would say. I just want to say, because you said that and you just sparked something in me, I, I agree with that. And I want to just add that because I feel like if I would have heard that more, too, people telling you that you were beautiful, that you're worthy, that you're special, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't, I don't think that would have been something that we would have sought out because that grabbed your attention initially. So I think that's really dope to, to just say that out loud because it's probably a whole bunch of people that think like that, too. Mm hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying that to say that my parents didn't believe that, you know, it was just that that wasn't a topic of discussion. Right. That wasn't something that was that was verbalized, you know. So um, note to all the parents nowadays, you know, um, speak that into your children. Speak that (laughs) into Mm -hmm. your children. I don't even know how else to say that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's so um, necessary. It's so necessarily, especially, especially during that time when they're changing, when they're unsure of mm-hmm. what's happening around them. They are just, they're, they're a Petri dish of trying to figure out what the fuck is going yeah. on, you mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. it's up to you to really carve out how they feel about certain things. So it's it's up to those you. To affirmations. Those yeah. mm-hmm. Affirmations. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Speak Absolutely. that into your children. Yeah.
2: I say affirmations with my daughter all the time when we were driving to school, it was easier to keep that as a routine. So we do need to get back into it now that COVID has kind of shifted a whole lot of stuff. But we would, take that opportunity to also you know learn some vocabulary and I'd teach her you know that I am unique and what does that mean and you know Mm. those types of things and we would make sure that we repeat them day in and day out on the way to school because I wanted her to start her day off as like hearing those things and hopefully they would echo throughout the day and I remember when That song, uh, Nobody by Kim. Nobody, nobody. She said, (laughs) nobody like me, like unique. That's me. And like that made me so happy and so proud. (laughs) (laughs) She's, you know, understanding. She's -hmm. She's getting it. And I feel the same way, Nia. It's not saying that it wasn't something that our parents didn't say to us or didn't make us feel, but it just wasn't something that was Hey, you're worthy. You know, you're wor- like, mm-hmm. you know, drilling that kind of thing into them. So I know that that's something that I think I would have liked to hear more of. And I don't want to play the daddy issue card, <laughs> but I didn't have my father when I was growing up. I had a fantastic father figure in my grandfather, mm-hmm. and he is still that strong father figure in my life now at 90 years old, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> a blessing.
2: Such a blessing. But it was just this void that I had and feeling like I had to fill it with things and something that I felt that I was missing. So I wish that I could tell my younger self that you're whole still, you know, it doesn't matter. You're still a whole person. You don't need to fill that void. You can fill it with other things, not, you know, the empty Lust or whatever and soul <laughs> of another. Ties exactly, those soul ties. I didn't understand that then, but I definitely understand it now. So Deep. you know, yeah, none of us are perfect in any way, but everything that we have gone through has gotten us to this point, and it has made us make these realizations. and as parents, now we're able to take those experiences and the things that we wish that we had as children to give that to our kids and make sure that they have the best opportunity to go further than we did and to not feel those same heartbreaks and stuff. Of course, it's going to happen. That's life. But if we can help them through some of those things or help some of those things not happen at all, I am all for it.
0: Nia? One thing also um, I know from my experience is I believe my parents got ca- so caught up in the whirlwind of what was going on in their world that they did not get into my world the way they mm. should have. Mm. Um, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of signals and a lot of cues were missed. Mm. Um, I would get into a lot of shit. Like a lot of females hated me for whatever reason, just because guys would talk, you know, mm. and I was getting in fights and I was being bullied and I was really going through some shit, like almost suicidal shit. Mm. And my parents missed All of those cues, like all of them. And even the woman um, in our middle school who ran like the dance team with with a lot of the girls who were bullying me, she pulled me to the side one day and she was like, are you okay? Like, are you okay? Mm. (laughs) And I wasn't okay. And I didn't know how to verbalize that, but my parents were just super not in tune at all to Mm -hmm. see that my grades were falling and I was disconnected and I was just shutting everything around me out, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were going through their own shit. So I think that's another note for self to, you know, uh, even though. My life matters and things that I might go through, I will never be too busy to realize what my daughter might be going through. It, God willing, you know what I mean? I will do my utmost to try to make sure that I am paying attention. I am so in tune with her world that I notice if you start eating different, like mm-hmm. you sleeping yeah. too much, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like those are cues and signs. You've got to be in tune. You have to get in their world, all of it. I 1000%
2: agree with that. Yes. Naima?
0: I, Since we are sharing, um, (laughs) uh, me as well, I have, I had part-time parents. I say that because the man who raised me, who I claimed as my father, um, he came into my life when I was like two years old. Call him a part-time parent because he had, you know, a couple government issue vacations throughout his life. Uh, Y'all go ahead and let that marinate, figure out what that means. But he was like, we was like ace. Like he was ace. Like, you couldn't tell me shit about my dad. You couldn't tell me nothing. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he was, I could talk to him on a level that I could not talk to my egg donor. i pause on that. <laughs> so I could talk to him about things. Growing up, it was hard because he wasn't always around. And I think what you're saying, as far as the missing of the cues, I think that there were cues that were missed as well. And it was just me and her. It was just us. I was the oldest. I had all this responsibility as far as my younger siblings, her still living that life because she started so she started so young. You know what I'm saying? Like we talking about we lost our virginity at 14, 15. I was already here when she was 15. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's a different life. So I think that's why we butt heads a lot. And my life started really early. But it made sense for my life to start early because of my environment. That I was in from me, um, you know, meeting Pierre, Pierre, who was not my husband, and then me having that conversation with him about how he feels about kids. To us having to me getting pregnant intentionally at fucking 16, like my mind was not where it should have been as your average 14, 15, 16 year old girl. So Mm -hmm. seeing all y'all with girls and just seeing how you guys are with mothers, I'm just like, that's so dope because that's not a normal thing for me to see as a female with their mother, you know? So it definitely was a disconnect and I wouldn't change anything that's happened in my life because that's all I knew. So you Mm -hmm. see how that conditioning and the mind and the lack of attention or the lack of communication or relationship, like there is no relationship. So when Mm -hmm. I see... F- females with their mothers like like oh that's what that's supposed to look like like oh that's yeah. that's super dope like nia i love seeing you with your mom like i think that that's like okay i've seen you with your mom, your mom i've adopted her i'm adopted i've adopted <laughs> everyone's mother everybody is mama whatever your last name is period like <laughs> but i did not have that and I had that in my grandmother, but she wasn't, you know, I didn't live with my grandmother. I wasn't raised by my grandmother. So it's very, for. we are fortunate to be in a world right now where we can see those hurts and we can see those disconnects and we can see those um, voids, okay, mm-hmm. like you used. And we know how it made us feel and we know what decisions we made because of it more so than not. Yeah. And we can do something different with our kids. So that's that's a blessing. You know, we got to go through some shit. So,
1: Lou, what's up? Um, I kind of want to piggyback off both of you because mm. my parents missed a lot of cues. I have both my parents. But my dad, he worked. He's a work bee, Like, mm-hmm. he worked and worked and worked. And he wasn't always there because he was always working. And then with my mom, we tend to butt heads a lot. Mm-hmm. growing up and I just remember like being in grammar school I got bullied Um, and it came to a point where I thought about suicide at a very young age because of that bully and they missed all the cues and I think um and it was it was very silly as to why I got bullied it was a my best friend at the time I'm just gonna make it real quick she liked this boy and we were joking at the time and we were playing like opposites. So I said, Well, Adrian likes you, meaning that he didn't like her. She got so pissed. She made rumors about me that I was sleeping with all these guys, ostracized wow. me, everything. Um, to the point, I went to a very small um, private school. So, like, the teachers were involved, you know, and they held me, they lift me up. But they lift me up, but my parents weren't there. It wasn't mm-hmm. until my mom saw, like, a letter that I wrote, uh, like, mm-hmm. in my journal. Mm. And then when I got to high school, I meet my husband. I lost it to my husband. I don't know if I disclosed that. And he's like, oh, I like you. Kind of like Nia. And I was like, you know, I feel ready. Let's do it. So Mm -hmm. that was that. And then going to us being intentional as parents now, I think that's why I want a girl so bad is so I can like relive what I didn't have. And so, but it's very hard because you grow up in an environment where you're so used to and being conditioned of that's how love is, that's your communication style, that you have to try your damn hardest to break that. And sometimes you'll find yourself doing yeah. that exact same thing with your children, even yep. though you did not like it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I've had those moments yes. that I would feel like shit afterwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've had those moments. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the common denominator in like all of our stories is just that our parents- you know, we're so caught up in their shit. Like, like, Naima, you you spoke about, you know, the relationship with your mom and all the shit that she was going through. She had you at a young age, mm-hmm. so, you know, she was in the place in her life, I'm assuming, where she's trying to be out and figure yep. her shit out. Mm-hmm. You know, Lou, I don't necessarily know what your parents are going through 100%, but just, like, when you miss those cues and, like, you're just not in tune, that that that's, that's serious. And for you, mm-hmm. Lou what intrigues me is that your teachers were uplifting you and that's a blessing right there because at least someone was was checking the cues at least somebody was reaching out Mm -hmm. but what they should have done is included your parents in that uplifting they should have done more to kind of get your parents involved like hey look this is what we're seeing and i think that's a note for our educators in our our villages out there right so when Mm -hmm. you're seeing cues from 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 children around us We need to be communicating that across the board and making sure, you know, okay, parents, are you aware of this? Do our damnedest to try to get everybody on the team in sync because Mm -hmm. that's necessary.
2: Yeah. And, you know, to piggyback directly off of that, I had that experience and as a teenager, so like, of course, now looking back, I would have wanted these things. But then it was like, oh my God, you called my mom. But I remembered this was my sophomore year of high school, uh, sophomore or junior, and I went on a college tour. And while I was on this college tour, I was assaulted and, by someone else that was on the tour with me. And I didn't say anything to anyone except for a couple select people. And after that happened, it kind of like I shut down and there was a lot of cues that were missed by my mom. Not, you know, intentionally, but again, it was that, you know, they have all these things going on and then us trying to figure out how to internally deal with it without involving anyone else. And it was the teachers that noticed that there was a difference in me in class. They uh, reported it. To the counselors in the school, the counselors called my mom, called my aunt. We had to sit down and have a meeting and we talked about it. Mm -hmm. But from then, they got me into counseling and it kind of, you know, went from there. And that was my first experience with therapy. So I know that for sure, teachers are a huge help, especially in helping look at those cues, especially when you got good teachers and when the parents are missing it. But that's why it's so important for you to have that dialogue with your kids and to be able to kind of at least work through to be better than your parents were and not that they were bad, but just Mm -hmm. we always want to improve because we want better for our kids than we had. The same that they're going to want it. Absolutely. So speaking of missing, none of us is missing. We are whole and we know that now. But Lou, do you have something for us to fix our crowns a little bit?
1: Of course I do. Namaste, True Blue is here for you. Y'all like that? <laughs> Love it. it. <laughs> <Salad. laughs> That was Straight off though. the okay. hip, girl. Look at yeah, and look in my past. In you know? oh, <laughs> the shower. <laughs> all that good stuff. But yes, I do have, you know, some tips of encouragement. So I do have a few affirmations for you to take with you for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year, for your life. Um, and the first one is I am happy to give and receive love every day. I love myself and everything that I am. I am worthy as fuck say this shit every morning when you wake up. I release the need to judge myself negatively. And just remember that no one can set your level of worthiness except for you. And that your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth and never measure your self worth by what other people think you should become. And lastly, each day, love yourself, water yourself, water your children, water your spouse and spouses, water each other. And on that note, we send love and light your way, and namaste. Hey. And that's the episode, hey, see y'all thanks next for
0: listening,
1: time. bye. 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 <laughs> love
2: this episode of Sysology? Be sure to follow us on Instagram at SysologyThePodcast. the Podcast. And don't forget to go rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite listening platforms. As always, we really appreciate your thoughts and feedback about our show. Got something you want to hear us talk about? Something you just got to get off your chest? Well, please send us your Dear Sis letters to dearsisology at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 312-970-1470. We listen to all of those voicemails and we just might use yours in an upcoming episode.
0: This has been a Sisology production. Brought to you by The Sisters. Original music produced by Chief Zuka and Freak Van Workum. Mixed and mastered by the ladies of the Sysology team. Now keep in mind that the content of Sysology is strictly the opinions of The Sisters. We are by no means professionals. Now remember, mind your business, boss up, and go have a dope ass week. Bye. (laughs) Ha ha ha.